0: Hey, beautiful people, it's me, it's your girl, here the Mini Bothans Fried Podcast. I am back, um, with a bit of a deep dive this episode. Um, I want to preface first by talking about what the next few podcasts are going to be. Um, they are going to be Star Wars related, um, But in between them, I'm going to talk about some real life stuff. So this is one of those podcasts (laughs) Um, where I talk about some reality for a minute and move away from galaxy far, far away. Um, Because it kind of goes hand in hand with the things I'm going to talk about in terms of the characters from The Rise of Skywalker, from the sequel trilogy and just the sequel trilogy in general and where I feel like, Now, after many, many, many months of thinking about, well, not many, many months, but at least many, many weeks of thinking about it and trying to piece together what I thought and where it lands for me, I'm going to say it's a failure at this point. Um, The sequel trilogy, I'm just going to say that outright. I feel like there was so many ideas that they had that could have been fleshed out 110% better, but they failed. So um that's where I'm at with that. So this podcast is going to really talk about um love. It's going to talk about connection and what we do as humans, where we look for connection, where we seek connection and why we try to find it in places that some people might think is the wrong places. But for us, it's the right places. One of the one things that I recognize about our generation is that we don't try to come to terms with our own vulnerability. And we're always kind of, we're always putting it off. We're always saying, you know, that's weak and you can't feel that way. And you don't and you shouldn't feel. And I've done it myself. I've, I've you know, said I'm going to cut off all communication from people when the reality is is when we were created or when we evolved we evolved as groups of people who wanted to connect and we evolve as a collective and it's hard to cut that part of yourself off without wanting it and twisting it into something worse than what you initially thought it should be and We have to understand that there are things that move us in this world and there are things that we connect to uh, um, in this world that give our emotions flavor and, 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 and help us feel. And when we deny vulnerability and at the same token want connection, you're pouring jelly on yourself. You you really are. You're pouring absolute 110% pure bucket of jelly on yourself. If you think that not being vulnerable is going to get you any connections. We deal with love in terms of a deal. Like, what can that person give for me? You know, I'm here with mine. What are you going to give? You know, we demand. And that's not the way that you go forth in connecting with anyone because everyone has their own story and everyone has their own things that they're going through. And if you come to somebody with a demand and you have not anything in your hand and you have not given anything for that person to want from you or see, or, or, or behaved in such a way where a person would want to stop everything that they're doing in their life for, for them to connect with you, then it's never going to work. You know and it's and it's an audacious thought for you to think that someone is owing you something because they're connecting to you you know we 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 find things that people we find if someone owes you something nine times out of ten is because there was an exchange if there's no exchange in the relationship. Then there's nothing that's old. If you're just starting out talking to somebody, that the only exchange there is words and thoughts and and maybe a small amount of come of feeling. But you're not dating somebody. You're not starting out dating them by giving them hundred dollars. That's prostitution. You know, that's paying to be loved or paying to be serviced. And it seems to me like a lot of people come from that school of, you know, fuck you, pay me. Like (laughs) already when you're trying to connect with somebody, they wonder why it don't work. It's like you can't you can't act that way, you know, and no one owes you any of their time. They really don't. And if you feel like your time is being compromised, then you need to make executive decision and decide like you know what I can't do this anymore because my time is very valuable to me and this person isn't doesn't act like I'm worth anything the one thing that you should take from speaking in love or speaking in terms of connection like a financial transaction is to know your worth and to know Your worth is to know who you are and what you won't tolerate and what you will tolerate or what type of person are you looking for? And for those people who may be on the other end of someone kind of dismissing them or you thinking that you're being dismissed, you have to ask yourself, what did you offer that person that made them you know, like you, or even talk to you in the first place, or what didn't you offer that made them say, "You know what? I I'm good. I don't want to be bothered with this." You have to change your way of looking at people instead of looking at them as a commodity, or you know, a a uh, uh, a um a shot to your ego. You know, like those people who, they they text, I love you, not I love you, but they text uh, good morning to everybody. Good morning, love. Good morning, beautiful. Good morning, good morning. What are you getting from that? Like, what exactly are you getting from that other than, you know, a fucking pat on your back to your ego? Because you're dealing in love in terms of commodity. You're dealing in terms of how many people can I hit up and let's see which one sticks. And if you want to deal in terms of love that way, then you get what you're buying. You get what you're putting out there. You get either nothing or you get the people who are the most desperate and are just like you who need their ego to be scratched. And they're just like, oh, he said, you know, good morning, beautiful to me. So I guess I'll take it. And then you wonder why it fails because the foundation of it was shaky to begin with. That's why you have to feed your soul. Because when you feed your soul, your soul then knows exactly what it wants to eat. It knows immediately. And it knows what it don't want to eat. And it'll spit it right the fuck out. Be like, no, I'm good. But that also comes with you learning to be vulnerable. Because being strong doesn't very last doesn't last very long it doesn't at least not for humans it's, it's being strong for a building it's pretty damn good thing that a building can be strong but being quote-unquote strong for a human being at some point is gonna fall because you have to be vulnerable and you feel and your body even reacts to things like fear and anxiety and love and lust So to ball it all up and say, I am strong and I don't feel anything is bullshit because you do feel something. In a physiological sense, you damn sure do. (laughs) So understand what makes you not be vulnerable. Is it hurt? Is it past hurt? Then you have to heal it. Is it not understanding your own emotions? Then you need to go out and understand what your emotions if you need to sit down and think about well, what what happened here what 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 am I really feeling like am I feeling anger am I feeling sadness like okay then you and then you need to just feel it and go on if you're not vulnerable because of trauma you need to go and heal your trauma you have to heal your trauma that's important too many people put their trauma and the healing of their trauma on other people who have nothing to do with their trauma and they can't help you they they just can't help you so this is very short because i'm i really don't want to get too deep into this for very long but i hope in 2020 that we can start understanding that our emotions are integral to connections and that dealing with love in terms of a what are you going to do for me lately or how much are you going to pay me or how much do you make is the reason why it falls apart. If somebody moves your spirit in any way, in laughter, in joy, in emotion, in passion, that you go after it if you're demanding that someone be something for you, someone be a symbol or someone be a way of being, then you're going about it wrong, okay? Because you're you're already looking for a needle in the haystack because people that you think have everything that you want on a superficial level, people that you think that have everything that you want on a superficial level internally are poison. Internally, they have nothing. Because they know how to play you. Because they've done this their whole life. They've done this their whole life of putting on a persona to attract people to their ego. And you know what those type of people are called? They're called narcissists. And I was told the other day by somebody, oh, we gotta stop bringing up the the term narcissist." No, we don't, because we live in a world right now where people's egos are constantly stroked by social media And what else would rise out of that but a narcissist? No other type of human being in the negative sense would rise out of that but a narcissist. So no, we don't have to put that word away. We have to see it for what it is and we have to avoid that. And if you feel that you're out there and you're a narcissist, then you need to get help. And and try to figure out what it is about. Your life that has turned you into a void of just ego and superficiality. That being said, this was incredibly short. Um, I hope that y'all have a blessed day and continue to be well and continue to um, help yourself and heal yourself and if need be right now find yourself if you have been lost um i'll see you guys again same bad time same bad channel with more in-depth things (laughs) uh and uh peace Hey everybody! What is good, beautiful people? This is the Mini Bothas Fry podcast. Back again. It's your girl Lee. Um, if my voice is really monotone, it's because today the Oscar nominations dropped, and uh, you know the Oscars is always tricky, man. It it you know at one point it's something where people who are very rich and very famous get accolades. But on the one hand, it boosts up people who really um, do great work in movies and who that's their, their only time to get recognition from their peers. And then we see it and we either say yay or we say nay. And this situation right here, I'm having to say nay to a lot of the nominations. Like, there, have, there were movies that came out this past year that were completely snubbed. There were directors that were completely snubbed. There were screenplays that were completely snubbed. That just, for me, from what I've seen, the diversity of all the movies that came out last year were not recognized in this year's Oscar nomination ceremony. So, I did post a post on my Facebook, but I feel like I need to go a little bit more in-depth, you know, here on this podcast. Because I'm really not understanding what the deal was with all these nominations and why certain movies got... More than other movies, I, I just, I just, I, 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 you gotta explain this to me like I'm a five year old. So, you know, looking at the best picture nominations, you you got, um, you got Ford versus Ferrari. You got. Let me just pull it up from where I had it. Where is it? You got Ford versus Ferrari. You got The Irishman. You have Jojo Rabbit. You have The Joker. Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. Now, on my post, I said that Parasite should win. Parasite was like, it was a movie you really didn't expect. And it, it is oh, kind of a horror film. And I think that horror doesn't get any love whatsoever. at The Academy never does. Well-made, well-written, well-acted, people of color were in it, good film. Now the Oscars has this thing where they do 10 nominations and I'm seeing 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9. You could have stuck one in there for at least us. I mean, us to be, you know, I got the message and it 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 was good, was it as best as good as get out. Not really to me, but it was pretty good for what it was trying to do. Um so I'm Confused as to why that wasn't up there. But, and I'm also confused as to why Little Women is there. Like, nigga, what are you, what? Huh? Didn't it just come out? And like, how many times do we need to do Little Women? Can we write? Can somebody has probably written something that. is not does not take place in the 1800s and has something to do with girls growing up. And I think I think there was a few of those films if I'm not mistaken and maybe I haven't seen them yet. Um but they're probably out there and and, and you could replace that with little women. Like how many goddamn times are we going to tell that story? Like it's it's tired, it's late, it's old. And I don't care who is in it or who acted in it. It still has no bearing on 2020 or 2021 or 2019 to me. And that's how I feel. Um, So if you got an attitude about me saying little women shouldn't be there, then fine. Joker being there is a given. Um, I've said on this podcast many times um, that Joker was excellent and um, subversive in a way. And made people, got under people's skin. But will it win? No. Because the Academy will never acknowledge that if it does win uh, it was nice knowing everyone because I'll be dead because I'll drop dead like a heart attack like oh, what they did what okay well, we'll probably win is Irishman or 1917 and if 1917 wins no disrespect to the movie I, I was told it was very good but I'm just kind of I'm over war movies and reasons being is that nine times out of ten war movies are kind of like war porn Um, We've had a whole bunch of movies about World War II, which was war porn to me. Um, The only World War II movie that I think actually got into the psyche of what World War II was about to me, um, there are two of them. There's Schindler's List and there's um, The Boy in the Striped Pajamas. That is literally the only two movies that actually zeroed in on the human toll of world war Two to me now there may have been money and um maybe you can hook me on to some but i really believe that those for me were the only two that actually make you think of what was lost and what um we gained in stopping hitler this 1917 is about world war one um of course i'm making a whole lot of assumptions having not seen it before but like i said you know we need to start making more if we're gonna if we're gonna do that we're gonna make more movies we need to start making more movies about vietnam you know and and the iraq war and the wars that are a little bit modern and stop going back in time to try to do something that makes sense out of anything but not really making sense out of it um that's where i'm at with that four versus ferrari um I haven't seen it yet, but I heard it was it was interesting and it was good so the Irishman I've watched it twice because the first time I did fall asleep on it, it is three hours. You have to forgive me um but as far as the book was concerned, based off of someone who I read later may have been lying <laughs> but it it's still adapted the book and it, it it and the acting was great and of course you know Scorsese excuse me Scorsese directed that very well um once upon a time in hollywood not Quentin Tarantino's best um kind of all over the place wasn't really feeling that movie um you know Brad and, and Leo usually <clears throat> Leo for me um is a better actor than Brad but I just wasn't feeling it, and uh, go ahead, if that's what they had to do. Marriage Story was very good, but, um, and deserves its nomination, Um, but I I feel that there were so many other movies, I have to see Jojo Rabbit also, because I heard it was good, and I love Taika Waititi, I think he is really, um, one of the new comers, so he's been around, but He's. I'm glad he's getting shine because he, he's really offbeat and he's really quirky and he he writes and directs very well, and he has a very clear point of view and I think that that's been missing in the past decade of of you know there's a few directors who you know this is a Christopher Nolan film this is a Taika Waititi film this is a I can uh, this is an Ava DuVernay film this is a you know there's a lot of people um this past decade there's a few but he's one of them and I'm glad that he's getting his shine so out of that I that's I told you I think she win Parasite if I had seen Jojo Rabbit I probably would have said Jojo Rabbit um um I have seen Parasite and I have seen Marriage Story and Joker obviously um but if I was to give it to them I would give it to Parasite and, and I would give it to Joker actually I would because Joker deals with just like Parasite, the same sort of social issues that we are dealing with right now. And I always think that movies should have some sort of a social message if they're going to get awarded. But that's just me. Moving on to Actress. Now, this this is right here where I was like, are y'all serious with this? Because don't, don't get me wrong. Renee Zellweger carried. She was... She is. She was Judy Garland in the film. She she did her thing, and she's been away for a long time. I haven't really seen her or anything, so she came back with a vengeance. <clears throat> Excuse me, Scarlett was good. Um, she was good. I mean, she, was she out acting. Renee Zellweger? Zellweger? No. Uh, the chick from Little Women, Saoirse Ronan? No. Charlize. Okay, so she played. What's her name? Megan, what was her name? The lady, the white, the white lady that um is a reporter. She was a reporter for Fox News, I believe. Okay, whatever. But I'm saying somebody else could have been in in the in this category. Then I nominated Cynthia Erivo for Harriet, and Harriet, again, is showing like how the Academy just they don't get it. Like that movie is is so. Disrespectful to me to Harry' topless legacy, and so disrespectful in far as Black people's history, (laughs) and she is so disrespectful. That's a whole nother podcast. But I just, just you could have put Lupita in here for us because Lupita literally played two different people. Um, she literally did, (laughs) like you know, and you could tell who was different and who was. One, you can tell which was which. You can tell, like, oh, this was this one and that was that one. Like, she literally separated herself and played two different people. And that's not easy, you know? It's not easy. And in the, in the way she was talking as Red, you know, was hard as hell to do. And, and she 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 did that. So I'm just kind of like, okay, y'all gave her the Oscar for being a slave, but a completely original black character, you will not give her an Oscar. okay let's move on actor um I said on my page that this is Joaquin's award to win period uh because while the script was very basic to me and I know it was nominated for adapted screenplay but I feel like I'm like the Joker story is so up in mystery that they pulled from a lot of different comics that you know said Joker could be this guy, Joker could be that guy, that, you know, really is kind of like one of those things where it's a one-off, it's like, well, I'm going to use the Joker almost like a, a fan fiction, and this is no disrespect, because I, I write fan fiction, it's almost like a fan fiction of what they thought his origins were, and wh- what he was doing, and what who he is, and, and, and how he became who he is, you know, and, and Batman's early life with his father, and, and all that type of stuff, and walking carried all that and he emoted all that and if he didn't it would be something very basic but he went all in with it he went totally in with it and it worked and you couldn't really keep your eyes off of him and you couldn't really stop wondering like who is this person what is he gonna do and every moment it was like a you know, you were tense because you were like, "What the hell is gonna happen here?" Like, what? Like it—it it was scenes in that movie where he pulled off where you literally felt sorry for this individual, and then you later on see him kill people. Like, <laughs> do you sit in here and negotiate it with yourself? Like, no, they—they they totally deserve that. Like, and the—it doesn't work unless like Joaquin's performance works, and it does. Antonio Banderas and Pain and Glory was great and it just so happened that he came they got this nomination while he's with Joaquin and that's the same way I feel as far as Adam Driver and Jonathan Price um because they they also carried. they did they did that in their two respective films um Leo was whatever okay like I mean Leo has backed it better before I, I don't know if it was material, but I just feel like he was outshined by four other people because he he's not he's not nowhere near what Joaquin was doing. I'm sorry in the joke. So that's how I feel best actor should definitely go to Joaquin and, and I hope that he writes down his speech when he wins because the last time he I know he was trying to say something but he kind of rambled and I I get that because that's me I, I totally get anxiety and, and having to get up and say something and and be like I hope that he, you know, write write it down, write it down, king, But you're gonna win, hundred percent, like because you deserve it. Um, supporting role. I'm not even gonna go there. Um, but I am gonna go to actor and supporting role because I think that Joe Pesci also carried in The Irishman. I think that it was one of his most subdued and sedated, but yet menacing roles he's ever done. And even towards the end when he became like an old man and he, he couldn't even eat and he couldn't even talk like you again this is this is how you know the acting is working I felt pathos for him and he's a whole killer and he's like a whole mobster but he he just he hit the right notes and, and he was yes going up against Al Pacino but I've seen Al Pacino do things like that before act that way and I'm not saying that his, his acting wasn't good but I, I just feel like you know sometimes you have to give it to the person who's doing the more understated role and who's you know actually coming across as being something that you feel i you know i i most of the time opportunity was annoying me and i and that means he's he's his acting is working because obviously jimmy hoffa was an annoying dude you know (laughs) so that's why he's dead today you know that's just the breaks but i think that they should give this to pesci like i really really do um he's the, the, he's up against his you know, fellow actor in the same movie and then the other two that's probably giving him hell is Tom Hanks and um, Anthony Hopkins because I do think Anthony Hopkins was very good as Pope Benedict um, I haven't seen the Mr. Rogers film I really wanted to see it but I just haven't seen it yet and it's not on demand and even if it's on demand I think you have to pay and, and I'm cheap so maybe I can see it before the Oscars come out to just kind of make sure that you know, maybe, maybe Tom Hanks did carry, I'm not sure, um, Bong Joon-ho deserves for director, that's how I feel, um, Tom Phillips did a good job on The Joker, um, obviously Martin Scorsese did, but I just feel that like they should give it to Bong Joon-ho, um, for Parasite, you know, let's 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 get some people of color being directors winning. That's just that's just a political pick for me, and also because he did direct the hell out of the film. But I just feel like if you if you're gonna have all men be up there, <laughs> at least pick a man of color. Okay, moving on. Now, adapted screenplay. I said that the on my page that the Joker did muddle his source material. I feel like it's it's a little bit of an original screenplay, but of course you're bo- borrowing Thomas Wayne and Bruce Wayne. And, you know, those are copyrighted. Um, I don't know if the title, the Joker or um, Arthur. Uh, see, I'm blanking on his last name. Damn. Okay. I'm blanking. I'm blanking on his last name, but I don't know if the Joker's supposed real name is copyrighted, but I don't think the Joker itself is copyrighted. So you could get away with saying that the actual screenplay could be original. You know, you could get away with it. Um, and then Phillips, he he don't know how to shut up, so he constantly backtracked. Um, <clears throat> every time he was talking about the film he always was saying well this is not the joker or this is not the joker from the, the you know uh dc fame this is just some guy and and, and he kind of backtracks so i don't know how much of the comics they used so i i don't know if i would nominate it for excuse me for adapted screenplay if anything if it wasn't for the fact that they had to throw thomas and bruce wayne in there um and and gotham and, and arkham asylum and all that type of stuff then i would say this would be original but the one thing that i say should win out of this and it's and it hurts me because taika is nominated for jojo rabbit but i haven't seen it yet but out of what i have seen i really think the irish should should win for adapted screenplay because it, you literally don't need to read the book um the book is called i pa- i heard you paint houses um and you you could watch the movie instead and it's almost the same ish thing uh original screenplay is parasite period go see parasite um <laughs> documentary feature i watch documentaries a lot that's something that you should probably know about me that's like my pastime to do i will literally carve out a day and watch a hundred or so or 50 documentaries and like you know, uh, get absorbed in that. So every time the Oscars come out and they, you know, give their nominations for documentary feature, I'm always on it. I'm always looking like, oh, I saw that one. or oh, I didn't see this one. Uh, the two, the one, I think, no, I think I saw The Edge of Democracy. I, ha- I don't, I have to check, but I know I saw Fasama and I think Fasama was great. And I think that it should win. That's documentary. Um, animated feature film. How to Train Your Dragon The Hidden World. I saw it on a whim with my best friend and I've seen the other two and we were just engrossed, engaged. We was like sad. We were happy. It it literally delivered on all fronts. Literally. It was beautifully done. As far as I'm concerned, How to Train Your Dragon is the ending to Game of Thrones. I <laughs> i'm just saying like like it it literally was one of my favorite animated movies of the year and it was beautiful technically well well done um and and i just think that it deserves an academy award now the other um movies klaus i lost my body missing link and toy story 4 i haven't seen toy story 4 and people were like toy story 4 is so good but you know I saw once Toy Story 3 came out, I was done because that that movie just, I was just like, damn, it, it hits you in your heartstrings. And I didn't really think they needed a Toy Story 4. So that's why I kind of ignored that film. But I really think How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, should win. Um, they're probably going to give production designs in 1917 or The Irishman. But Parasite also had great production design. And I think it should be either between Parasite Or The Irishman. Um, Film editing should go to The Joker. Um, Because when you watch that film, you're kind of like off your axis. You don't know what's happening. You don't know what's real. You don't know how the story does not go in a linear fashion. And if the editing was choppy and fucked up, you really would be messed up. But because... Is so well done. You can come out of that movie either believing every word that Arthur has said, or questioning it because he is an unreliable narrator. And I think that that shows great editing skills on the part of the the editor, um, Jeff Groff. It says here, um, *The Irishman* also was edited very well, considering they were dealing with different time periods, and it, it didn't seem like what you didn't <laughs> seem like you didn't know what was going on um it it did that very well uh moving on to cinematography the lighthouse man it's a film that you some people might not be able to get into but i was hooked into it and it's like one of those it's like one of those films that's like a short story that you read from like 1800s or something that you found or that's you know no one knows about and it, it just engrosses you and why william defoe or um, again, I'm drawing blanks here, y'all. Dude from Twilight... What is his name? I gotta look up his name, because I'm, I'm not with it today. Robert Pattinson. Why they were not nominated for their performances in The Lighthouse, I don't know what crack they're smoking, because they're two of the, it's just the two of them in that movie. And far as I'm concerned, The Lighthouse also should have been nominated for Best Picture, but whatever um and best original screenplay because i think this might be an original uh story but no they didn't do that you have a movie like the lighthouse and you don't nominate it i don't know what crack you smoking and you don't nominate william defoe and you don't nominate robert patterson you smoking real drugs like hardcore drugs but the sentiment they should at least give it but the cinematography was absolutely on point beautiful black and white crisps you you felt like you were in the time period that they were in you felt everything that you needed to feel with that film and i just i don't know it's, it's not about art it's just about whatever um the last thing i talked no that's not the last the last thing i did talk about on my page was the visual effects and um <sighs> what i did say was that it it's hard for me with with these uh five films because 1917 i get that they did a lot of things in one take and i get that they they captured the rawness of the war but and i might get my head chopped off whatever but i feel like a lot of movies have done that you know it's it's somewhat easy to convey grittiness with war especially nowadays we can do it but it's really 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 hard to either de-age somebody and not make it look uncanny valley or to plop people completely into a fantastical space it's really really hard to do that and um as far as the irishman was concerned the the de-aging didn't take me out of the film but i think that it didn't take it further enough you know like because if if Robert De Niro's character was supposed to be 40 he was looking at a hard 40 like I, I don't and I looked at the dude the real dude's face and I was just like wait a minute like I, I, I don't I don't know about that you should have took it a little bit further than that um but maybe they they did they did and it didn't work I'm not sure but that's as far as those visual effects can go and they didn't use them that often for it to be nominated for visual effects it wasn't like every freaking time they used the aging or they used you know aging because you can age people with makeup so I believe that when they were even older they used makeup I don't think they used aging process on that so they used it for literally a couple of scenes but then you have movies like Endgame and you have Star Wars Rise of Skywalker that literally are asking you to believe the unbelievable and that's where you have to like actually look at visual effects as a medium that needs to be respected and as far as I'm concerned while I loved Endgame as a film I think that the special effects at times were very muddied especially during the last battle um you know colors were a bit Toned down. It. It. I know they're supposed to be in darkness because it was a big, huge explosion or whatever. But it just, it just didn't. It, it didn't work for me at time. But after the second time I saw it, it was just like, okay, uh, eh, okay, whatever. And then the Hulk also brings that movie down because it looks Uncanny Valley. It looks weird. It doesn't look seamless. It doesn't look. I mean, yeah, people probably like, well, it's supposed to look weird. But I'm like, it, no, you can't say that because. Then Thanos should have looked weird. And Thanos was on point from Infinity War to Endgame. They had him look like an actual being that came from Titan. Like, so if you can get that right, then you can get the Hulk right. You know what I'm saying? It just didn't work. Didn't work for me. So I have to give it to Star Wars because every scene that involved visual effects looked seamless to me, looked beautiful. The colors were correct. you know the force skyping is not easy to do but when carlo and ray are on um kajimi and they do that for skyping thing and she kind of goes around and the the scene turns into what he could be seeing and what she's seeing that was done completely amazing the emperor shooting the lightning out and crashing the ships it didn't look stupid at all it looked actually threatening Ray looking to the stars and the stars fading away. The lightning fading away and becoming stars. Seamless. The water on Keith Beer on the Death Star 2 wreckage. Beautiful. I I mean, I could keep going, but it did. It looked amazing. And I think that it should win um, for best visual effects. And then finally, original score, which I... Of course, there are people who didn't agree with me, but I do think that Alan Silvestri should have at least got one for his work in the Avengers series. Um, he did not do, uh, he did not do um, Age of Ultron, which is showed because uh, Age of Ultron score was trash. But he did create the Avengers theme, and he did do the first Avengers movie, and um, he did do Endgame. And I believe he did Infinity War. Yes, he did do Infinity War. Um, And the seamless way in which he integrates the Avengers theme and then other incidental scores, which are supposed to show cues of this is a comedic scene or this is a sad scene or whatever. When the big emotional scene happened toward the battle, the music was on point. And you have to give the man that. Even more so than... The Rise of Skywalker, because The Rise of Skywalker didn't have any emotional cue uh, motifs or parts of a score that enhanced the film. And that's crazy coming from the fact that there's John Williams. But I just think that the sequel trilogy, as far as music is concerned, failed miserably. I mean, like, how the hell do you have Duel of Fates in the commercial and you don't integrate Duel of Fates in the movie? Like okay, yeah, we're not gonna get into that. That's like an hour long podcast that don't need to be talked about. But as far as who's here, you have Joker, Hilda, Gunda, Dotir, Gunda, Dotir. You have Little Women. You have Marriage Story. You have Nineteen Seventeen, and then you have T R O S, which is Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. Um, hands down for me. Hilda, she killed it with the Joker. I mean, if you listen to that score, it is creepy. It is sad. It is somber. It is scary. It is everything that it needs to be for everything that's going on with the character of Arthur, aka the Joker, and with the whole situation at hand. That music that kicks in when he stands up on the police car. The music that kicks in when he's in the bathroom dancing is all hundred percent great and she's a female and if you want to make this about politics i think that she definitely deserves to get the trophy for this um marriage story was fine but i think that you know randy newman been around he he been around for a minute you know and they they like to give awards to people who've been around but i think it's time for new blood you know what I'm saying is it's time for new blooded and to to you know make this a distinction between this you know the Patriots got eliminated and <laughs> the Patriots have been running game for a long time they come into the chip for a long time now it's time for somebody else it's time for other people to get their due, and there's no disrespect to the older people who've you know put in work in the game, but you have to understand that there are other people out there that deserve you know, credit for their work, and especially if it is as fantastic as what Hilder did, and um, I definitely agree, and I, I do think that even if even if it wouldn't have won over the Joker or anything else, but it it deserves, Alan Silvestri deserves some credit for what he managed to do with the score that he, the times he was given the score for the MCU and for the Avengers, because that theme is recognizable, whether y'all like it or not. When you hear the Avengers theme, you know it's the Avengers theme. When you hear certain excuse me, cues in the movie, if you're following the movie and it's and the cue comes up, you know that this is about Thanos or this is about whoever. My only issue with the MCU is that they never really incorporate everyone's themes and they never gave anybody a theme. They gave I mean, I think they gave you could say they gave Tony a theme. I know Cap has a theme that they didn't use. Um and then he his theme changed when he when they did the winter soldier and it became more modern and they never tried to incorporate that or change it. I'm not sure. I probably am sure but I don't remember at this point in time. This is really just a quick podcast of me just ranting and raving and talking about this. So I don't, I'm not prepared with notes or anything. But um yeah, I they they have made big failures in terms of their score but they have remedied it with as far as I'm concerned Infinity War and um the Winter Soldier and to me Endgame because even the the credits even the credit score is it, come on saying goodbye like that they, and they, they they ended they took the Avengers theme and they made it like an ending like a cap like a see you later and it it's every time i think about it what that score did at the end and how everyone was literally losing their mind and they were just it it if the music sucked it wouldn't have been as 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 impactful as it was at towards the end um so give that man his credit but they didn't well that's my oscars um rant or whatever um as far as the oscars is concerned i i just don't think that For a few years now, it has been really 100% about the art. I think they let a lot of political things get in in the way of them choosing, you know, the the so-called academy. I don't know who really makes up this academy and why they feel so ham-picked to pick certain demographics because they feel that oh this is the safe choice or whatever you know at this point movies and tv are not safe anymore like they they're not and the people who do them shouldn't be uh shouldn't be, have their uh accolades stop because you scared to pick people because certain group of people will say this or certain group of people will say that say pick the people that deserve you know and if you think that these are the people that deserve Wow, after a whole year of movies, this says something. They really says something about you. It says something about, you know, what you want your academy to be, what you want your academy to support. So for me, this year is a bit of a miss. Um we shall see. I if, if y'all have the gall, the unmitigated goal to choose Joker as the best pitcher, then I might give you something. But if you don't, um it's same old same old it really is you know and and if you have the gall to to give the best actor to to, to Joaquin that's the only thing I really care about like as far as everything that I've seen and and, and I'm I'm rooting for Jogo all the way to, to you know you can even get the freaking awards that I said it didn't deserve because I feel like as a film it is subversive um it does say something and it, it did stir a lot of things in people, um, whether they were good things or bad things. And, um, hey, I think that's what you should pick. But y'all probably going to sit over here and pick the movie about a, mo- a war that was 100 years ago. <sighs> Whatever, you know. And 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 you, shit, if the Irishman wins too, I'm fine with that too. Because it wasn't like a typical mob movie. It really was about aging if you think about it, it was about aging, it was about, you know, being alone, it was about, you know, friendship in a very sticky situation, like, how loyal are you to your friend, you know, like, that's what I saw it as, as being, and it wasn't just about mob, the mob, um, so, yeah, that's, that's my take, that's my take, that's all I got, uh, see you guys same bad channel same bad place hope you have a great week peace